Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. Local Earshot Podcast is brought to you by yours truly, me, Brad Biggs, and Jonathan Grissom of Local Earshot. Also of uh, More Bands Media and 13th Step Tone Solutions individually. Um, if you're out there and you're a business owner and you're interested in a sponsorship, if you got something to do with live entertainment, give us a holler, man. Join the club. Get in the van, man. Let's do this shit. Um, and if you're if you're just out there listening and you want to help us out, you can go over to localearshot.com slash donate. Give us a hand. Uh, much appreciated. If you listen to us, listen to us on the Fountain app. That'll help us out, too. You can help out by really just being lazy. I mean, let's be honest, guys. So, <laughs> Jonathan Grissom, how you doing today, bud? I'm good, man. We got a uh, Tyler Lee in today with us. How you doing, on? man? Doing good, man. man. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I can't remember exactly how you came across our desk, but I know we talked to Brandon here recently, mm-hmm. and he's worked with you on your. Uh, is it the Pink Floyd? Yeah, project? yeah. He's okay. opened up for us before okay, with his okay. band. So cool. That's how we met, really officially. Okay, uh, cool. And then you know he works on guitars, so kind of went over there and checked out his place, and he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had him on, and. I, I, it seems like the Elizabeth Turner crowd. She has kind of a like uh, an umbrella on the that side of the city. It seems like, and most of it's all connected. It's just funny how every everything is kind of connected. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you coming from? Well, um, I'm from Edmond, but right now I live in uh, live in Moore. So that's, a, that's downgrading. Yeah, downgrading. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, Edmond's all right, but there's. Uh, the, I, you know, I've been there my whole life, so I was like, I got to make a change. So I uh, met my wife about 12, 13 years ago, and we, we lived in Norman there for a little bit and then and then moved to Moore. So, you know, the tornadoes hate it, but oh, Moore is pretty cool. <laughs> everything's there. Like, everything's there. So yeah. it's really easy and accessible. But, uh, yeah, every May or so, we have to get our go box ready. <laughs> you know, have everything, everything ready in the car for when it hits the hits the fan. So. I'm a little further south, and... and- the first we bought this house two years ago and and by the i mean the first spring we were dodging hail and fun i'm like oh gosh at least we actually have a spot to go to now my old house we didn't this 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 area is not too bad yeah Uh, i think that the valleys of more i don't know what it is the way it yeah, yeah. Well, there, like, year. yeah, where it comes up from Newcastle, and it's, it's yeah, there's it's, a bullseye on yeah, that part, it, it man. Totally is. <laughs> so yeah, every year we're just, mm, but you know, we make it through. But, well, yeah, that's what it's about, yeah. you know. Um, so where where did it all start as far as like, uh, one even being exposed to music, and two thinking that you could do this someday? Well, um, you know, it all just kind of happened very slowly. Um, early in my life, I, I, the only, the only real inspiration I had is like only person I ever really saw play was like my grandpa and he played like folk music and stuff, uh, gospel music. And, you know, it was just kind of like, wow, how's he doing that? But earlier on, I've always, um, I've always like sang along to stuff and Michael Jackson, Elvis and stuff as a, as a kid, you know, um, I just kind of always enjoyed it, but I never really 
dove into music until later in my teenage years, probably like 16 or 17. Uh, so, um, I didn't know how to play or sing or anything until then. And, uh, I met Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Dodd, who I play with in the Pink Floyd thing. He was the first bass player I ever met. So he came up to me at high school. I was sitting there playing guitar and, uh, he just walks up. He's like, Hey man, are you in a band? And I was like, no. He's like, you want to be like, yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly how it happened. I went over to his house after practice and, uh, joined up with a band. I didn't know any of the guys, but he was like, yeah, man, he's good. (laughs) And I was like, cool. And I've, I uh, I auditioned. I don't I don't yeah. remember what Quote, I said. Big air quotes with audition. Yeah, they were just. It was like three kids in a room, and I remember Jeremy being on top of this like sixteen, you know, sixteen speaker, big amp hag amp, like sitting on top of it like a cat, and the drummer was like in this like huddled little circle, like it was real small room, you know, it was real small. So that's kind of how I auditioned, and I they they hired me on before the other guitar player came in and the other guitar player was like, who's this guy? And they're like, Oh, he's our new singer. And they're like, what? So I wasn't even that good at the time. They just, you know, they just, it just kind of happened that way. It fell into place. And, uh, and, and we just tried to play along and just, I, I tried to learn as much as I could from the other guitar player at the time. He was really good. And I was just like, wow, you know, how's he, how's he doing that? And, uh, we started, you know, experimenting with different styles of music uh, as a three-piece. The other guitar player was kind of out of town. So we started experimenting on our own and kind of getting into, like, psychedelics and doing all that shit as a teenager <laughs> and uh, getting all messed up and just writing weird stuff. It's extremely difficult to actually, f- like, play and write while you're in that state. It but really is. It can help on the other end. Like, when you're done with it, you know, it yeah. can inspire things. Yeah. But people that say they wrote a song on acid, I'm like, how in the fuck? Well, you had hands we- <laughs> <laughs> that you could use. <laughs> they did things <laughs> that worked. <laughs> Holy shit. No, it's uh no, I don't, I don't think we ever wrote anything like on it, but yeah, it was definitely around and we were just, you know, smoke nasty weed and, you know, hang around and just be teenagers and write yeah, stuff. Man. <laughs> and uh, we ended up letting go of the other guitar player. But before that, we did our first gig at my high school in the gymnasium. Of course. So, you know. We're all great we're, talent shows we go We were off. rock stars, man. Yes. It was a huge day for us. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of how we did it. I walked around with my microphone like, hey, everyone, I'm going to do this rocking show in the gym. Come on, come all, you know. It's really easy to draw a crowd when you're in high school. Oh, God. When they yeah. make you go. They all, like, you don't have to go to class if you go to the talent show. Man, you exactly sell what that too. place out. Yeah, it was amazing. And then so. reality hits that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, damn. <laughs> oh, fuck. Three people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how it, how it all went down. Um, and then just kind of, we, I played with my band. You know, Grayside was our first band. That's the band I played with for many years. And... um and then you know things fell south or whatever and i ended up going to like blues jams and like open mics like danny's blues saloon and places like that and uh what do you default more towards as far as on something like that like your like genre of music you kind of just fall in step with uh, man you know it, it depends on what mood i'm in you know it depends on the feel of the day but you know, I've always been inspired by blues music. I think blues is the roots of mostly everything. Same. And um, if you can have a good grip on the blues, I think you can have a good grip 
on a lot of music, at least a good ear for it. And it's not saying that blues music, the one note held out, is more extreme than a sweet pick. Yeah. But just the feel of it, I guess. Well, and there's like B.B. King's like, I guess there's people that say he's a prime offender. And then there's people that say that that's his style. It it depends on your perspective. Yeah. um, I got to see him alive. And I swear it's there's something about the guys that really play the blues that they can it's the the guitar literally sings like yeah. the, the way their tremolo works in their hands the way yeah. they do all that and it's, it's it's another voice and it speaks wild it's it's cool that something that easy and you think it's easy you think you think it's easy but you know well you're trying to cop david gilmore licks and when you get into the bending and the, the oh, minutiae of that it's like one whoa. note i mean if he, can get, he can get one <laughs> string and make four notes out of it yeah. it's incredible how how precise he has to do those bends and the same goes with blues they have to be precise and you hear that precision and it speaks to you in a way that you can't explain and that's i guess that's why people still like it and it got you know it has its praise for what it is um that's that's why i've always enjoyed it but yeah i'd go i'd go to blues jams and watch all these i was 19 when grayside split up i had no idea what to do they were my only life like they were my guys my band that's the only people i played with i didn't know anybody else i didn't know you know, that's when I lived in Edmond. And uh, when we split, I, I, I moved to South OKC, and I knew nobody. I was by myself with my dad, and uh, he would bring me the blues jams. And uh, he, he's the one that really inspired me to start. You know, he's the one that got me into music, got me into Pink Floyd, everything. I owe a huge uh, gratitude to him for bringing me into music because, you know, he didn't play but he listened to it and he always told me little facts about Pink Floyd. He was a huge Pink Floyd fan. Uh, but yeah, he would bring me to the blues jams and uh, he like, he always just, Oh, that's my boy up there, you know? So it was cool. I had to have a notary note to be able to go in yeah. there to the blues jams. And uh, you know, they didn't care, but I had it just in case, you know, cause the cops would walk in every once in a while and check the place out. Uh, so uh, on the, um, did did uh, the band broke up because of young dumb kids, or was it like learning how this works as a business? Um, and there was a lot of disagreements, or the, believe it or not, I was the reason. Oh, I wasn't doing my part. I was slacking, wanting to just party and not pay attention to what was at focus. And the other guys were wanting to go further. And at the time, I I didn't, you know, I was like, no, I'm doing fine. But at the time, I really wasn't. And so that kind of inspired me after they were like, you're not doing good enough and we're, we're bringing in this other guy and you're out. Yeah. And it was out of nowhere. I was just like, wow. Okay. That, that is where the business end of the decisions yeah. so, can be very cold in this world. So then at that time I realized, <laughs> well, I got to start working my ass off. And so I spent a lot of my time practicing um, before I started going to blues jams, a lot of time practicing and just, just watching like Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, DVDs and stuff like that, Gilmore stuff, um, uh, Pink Floyd, Live at Pompeii, or, uh, <clears throat> you know, Pulse. Yeah. Pulse was a huge mm-hmm. one. I would just sit shows. there and study, uh, study and watch and play along to the radio or anything that I had because that was, believe it or not, that was pre internet, really. I mean, it, I mean, we kind of had YouTube, but I didn't have it. Yeah. We didn't have internet. Yeah. New. So, it yeah. was new. So, yeah, the, my way of practicing was just listening to the radio or, uh, 
or playing along to DVDs or CDs? Man, I went on a deep dive with David Gilmore that started at about 20 and is kind of still, I mean, yeah. Every time I listen to him, and it could be a song I've heard a million times, Time. I've, mm. I've played <laughs> that song inside out. I know it from top to bottom. But every time I listen to it on the radio where it's Pink Floyd, I'm like, I'll hear something. I'm like, I never caught that before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they Fuck. they have a lot of a lot of things that that just you don't realize, especially when you're covering the music. Yeah. You don't realize it's there until you have to do it. And then you're like, Oh my God. We got a lot of work to do, yeah. boys, because this ain't easy. <laughs> like, you know, that's just the way it that's the way we felt about it. Well, we, and and like a tribute project, like you you want to be precise. Mm-hmm. You want to bring that to the stage, and it's it's God. Pink Floyd is such a machine, and their fans are ruthless. Oh, they oh will, yes, they will if they hear something wrong. Fuck you, yeah, exactly. Boo! Yeah, you, have, you have to boo this man. You got to be dead on, and and that's. I mean, if they don't, my my goal or our goal is to play in front of an unbiased audience, and for them to be impressed you know and and to have audience that don't know who we are and to be like wow you know that i think that's a goal as far as pink floyd music because people want to hear what they're you know we we put our own spin on things but people also want to hear what they're used to hearing yeah so when you do that to a crowd that doesn't know who you are as a person or as a band to to walk away and say that was an experience and they did a really good job that's that's pretty much all we want and we're the only ones in Oklahoma that I know of. The only Pink Floyd tribute band in Oklahoma. There's only a handful of Pink Floyd tribute bands that I know of that at all that are, I mean, that are yeah. decent and good. There's a couple in Texas. I know that Australian one is probably the most famous. They're funded by the band. Brit Floyd is probably. Is, oh, is that them? The, but the Australian is right below them oh, okay. as far as like them going touring the world and oh, yeah. doing it. That's pretty cool. Well, what are some aspects? Because I know when it comes to Pink Floyd, the, the psychedelic nature of it is is present just because it's Pink Floyd. Yeah. So it's a visual and it's an auditory thing. Oh, yeah. So, like, what what are some of the things people you bring to the stage that people would um, that you know give them a reason to come out of the house, and come see you? Well, what we try to do is you know Pink Floyd as as when you watch them as on stage they didn't move around much right, they right. they relied a lot on visuals and you know that that's part of their show but we also try to be as entertaining as possible without without just relying on but yeah we do have a $6000 laser system if that helps boost <laughs> uh, plug everything you can yeah, man they're, yeah, they're yeah. Uh, 5 watt lasers we've got two of them uh we're working on three or four of them but they're enough to to fill the whole room i don't know if you've seen any videos but you know we're, we're working on a start we're doing it all ourselves we don't have any outside um anybody you know funding us or anything so we're we're doing it on our own and we're paying off the lasers but the lasers are a huge deal because when you hear pink floyd you expect a laser yeah show. you really do and our first two gigs we didn't have it and we didn't have backup singers we were only a five-piece band so that's that was really hard to pull out <laughs> but uh yeah we try to we try to bring a show and make make it as entertaining as possible plus we do a three hour or uh i'm sorry two hours 45 minutes to be exact straight wow of pink floyd when you when you're like oh that's a lot that's overkill 
you'd be surprised at how much of those songs as just a regular person would be like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. I know it's, it's they just, have a lot. It's amazing throughout their career of how many hits they've had that you don't realize. Well, and a lot of people, the joke is like, yeah, you, if you like listening to the sound of wind for 45 minutes, <laughs> pick up that Pink Floyd album. But, in, you know, if you turn on the radio, I mean, it's 50, 50 55 years later, they're yeah. still playing in the top. And like we were talking before we before we started recording is, the tone is subjective. Yeah. And music is subjective too. That doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. Right. I don't expect that. You know, you can't, as a musician, you can't get hurt by somebody not liking what you do. You, I mean, I do kind of get judgy with people that like when something is clearly good, they're like, oh, fuck, that's just terrible. It's mm, Jimi Hendrix. Like, I, I mean, I get it. You might not be your cup of tea. <laughs> right. But to say it sucks. Come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just trying to save something just for that's just a personality. Yeah, issue. that's just you got, that says more about them than yeah, it does exactly. The band. That's yeah. the way I see it now. It's like I used to see it as oh well, maybe it's something wrong. No, it's it's obviously just a personal issue. Uh, you know, people not everybody likes it, and that's fine. But we, it's been a huge inspiration to me throughout my career, listening to Gilmore and Pink Floyd yeah. and Roger Waters, and just the way they put stuff together and. And how how they were able to do it without even knowing how huge it was going to be. Like they knew it was going to be, they knew it was amazing, but they didn't know the extent of. Well, and at the time, I actually watched a Roger Waters uh, interview here recently, and he wasn't talking about politics, and no. it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but uh, he was talking about the albums and how they made it, and he's like, "You have to consider at the time, it wasn't that they were trying." to do anything groundbreaking the technology itself was brand new yeah. so everything they did was they were just experimenting they were just experimenting and it, and, and for other experimenting is like whoa for, yeah for their viewers or for the listeners they've just uh it's mind-blowing to them just hearing somebody mess around with it yeah <laughs> just like the beatles yeah, yeah. well <laughs> and 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 how much has changed that's an interesting uh question to ask you um as far as because i know if if you deep dived as much or probably more than me for pink floyd and how they <laughs> how they did it and how they brought everything to life and they did it analog mm-hmm. and now we have this canvas of technology <laughs> we can impersonate anything can't well still people can't hit the mark no. and it's like that's just that that's when it goes to show you that it's like those guys up there is ultimately they had you know, something super special. There's just something there. Yeah. And and, it, and I I feel like that's why that Pink Floyd music needs to be remembered. And the it's cool because at our shows when we do when we do a Pink Floyd show, we have everyone from you know, my daughter's 9. She loves it. So we have everyone from 9-year-old to 75, 80 years old enjoying the songs. So yeah. it's it's really wide range of so people. So what do you cover um in 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 your as far as like, do you focus more on the wall or do you just kind of cover everything? We do every album post Sid. Okay, so we're trying to work on Sid stuff. Um, That's quirky, <clears throat> yeah. quirky stuff. Well, there's a couple that I think that if we were to do them, we were to do them. We, I mean, we can't do it. I mean, we could, but we would want to do it with our own spin and make it more more intense. I guess it's. Um, that's one of those situations where I'm like, it's not my cup of tea, but I understand the, uh, the diehards would like, I understand what 
like they were trying to push boundaries too. back then, and, yeah. and especially like uh, you know CMLE play and the, that kind of Sid stuff. Very quirky timing, very sing odd. songs, short British, yeah, little strange little quirky songs. For me, it's strange, yeah. but I, I I get it. It's still musical. There's a couple of them that we're thinking about doing, but you know, yet again, it's not everyone's cup of tea, especially with the Sid stuff. Because yeah, he he was he was odd, and the music was odd, and you know. But I like it. <clears throat> and, but, I mean, yeah. and for the time, does, I though. mean, think it's, you know, that um, that uh, prog, psychedelic rock. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Whatever it turned into. So, I mean, that would be uh, metal, I guess. The first one without Sid. Yeah, uh, and yeah then I think metal. Because that's when Echoes, that's when they really figured out that they could go far with, yeah. like, uh, exploring space. Because Echoes was, like... What twenty-two minute song? Yeah, it was the whole side of the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and a uh, pretty big dive there. So, I mean, you, you got to hit the big ones too. Time, mm-hmm. shine on. Do you do shine on? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole one through seven. Uh, yeah. God as far damn, as I know, man. we do we do the whole in- the whole keyboard intro and then the solo. Uh, yeah, one through seven. Sax at the end. Yeah, one through seven. Damn, it's out uh, there. 16 minutes out there that whole song playing the playing the goods huh man we got to give it to him the right way dude absolutely yeah if if you're gonna if you're gonna do (laughs) floyd you don't you don't just do a few songs you do them you do the do the real thing (laughs) that's the way i feel about it well um so you're the pink floyd tribute Another pink in the Floyd is what it's called, correct? Yep. Okay, I know it's um, it's pretty clever. I, I think it's. Pretty I like funny. it. I mean, <laughs> well, when you think of it too, any uh, when it comes to the tribute uh, market, it's kind of like uh, there's rules to the rip. Like when you're in a studio, I had a guy tell me that it's okay to cover a song, it's okay to borrow this or that, but there's rules to the rip. You have to show. Humility and respect while doing this shit, yeah. you know. And there's a lot of people in the tribute world that either don't do enough or go way over the top. And then it's like, okay, are they actually trying to be Judas Priest? You know, like yeah. I mean, we're not trying to be Pink Floyd, right? Right. Because you can't. But that's where that line, <laughs> yeah, is with a lot some of the tribute acts. The whole dressing up exactly like them, moving. Yeah, that's that's cool, but we don't. I mean, what are we going to do? Wear a black shirt? Um, yeah, stand up there with jeans. Jeans and a shirt? <laughs> jeans and a shirt. That's great. Sounds great, guys. I'm comfortable. Yeah. Sold three tickets. So, yeah. And they all wore just jeans and a shirt. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Nick Mason would wear a white shirt. Yeah. But other than that, that's what they wore. So, you know, we have, to, we, we have outfits. We have uniforms. Uh, we all, you know... Uh, Jeremy, he he wears glasses and the whole hat, and we have the the hammer logos on our shirts, and you know we we all dress the part, and the girls look really cool. They have matching outfits, and they do the Easter whole, eggs, yeah. little little things. Oh yeah, yeah. little things. Thing, I mean, there's not many of them that you can do, you know, as tip of the hats. So you know, there's only certain so many symbols you can use, yeah, and uniforms you can use that they actually either used or had something similar, like the wall movie, you know, the faces. And, you know stuff like that. We try to we try to incorporate into the show, and and you know put on a show. It's no, I play with my with my cover band, and we just you know song and song and dance and jam along, have a good time and dance. But with the Pink Floyd thing, it's like a performance. Sit down and experience this. Yeah. You know, one song after the other. 
Well, and it's it's a cool. Uh, it's almost like a feedback loop too. Is is like the older people in your crowd? They'll see the symbols and they'll be like, "Oh, that's from mm-hmm. the whatever." And the but a kid like your daughter's age will see it and not make any sense not- until years later. They'll see a an old timey documentary about Pink Floyd and they'll see that. And be like, oh, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah. It don't make sense to everybody. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> that's cool though, man. But I like you got to do it. If you're a Floyd fan, you'll see those things and appreciate them. So uh, November fifth, mm-hmm. uh, Legends in Chickasha, mm-hmm. Chickasaw, Chickasha, Chickasha, Chickasha. We'll just mix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be our first time there, man. We're really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be our biggest crowd that we can have. Well, as far is, as that we've had. What's y'all's normal kind of house? Aren't, have y'all done gigs over at um, uh, what's Elizabeth's house? Uh, Belle Isle. Belle Isle. Have uh, y'all done that? Or yeah, well, yeah. We did Belle Isle. Okay. We did. We we've sold out every show. That I think that's done. the one I I was sent. Which is I saw awesome. pictures on. It makes yeah. me happy. You know, every time we get a thing to where it says we sell out, I'm like, get a screenshot of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now we hear a lot of people sell out. Um, what do you call it? The new one, uh, Sticks and Stones, mm-hmm. out there. In we're Catherine, we're so. supposed to be doing. We were talking about maybe doing that one in the fall because we have to be outside, or, mm-hmm. or we have to be inside, but with the lasers, you know. Oh yeah. Because being outside with nothing hitting the lasers hitting nothing there's there's really no point. So Point them all toward the ground. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to try to find a way to where we can do a show there because I've seen you know pictures and the place looks cool, but uh, I don't know if the lasers work. But either way, with with or without the lasers, we could still do a show, but it definitely adds to it. Definitely. You know? Well, yeah, like you said earlier, Pink Floyd. That used to be a thing in Oklahoma City was just the going, Pink Floyd yeah. laser light show. You would just go to the show. It was like downtown. Yeah. And you would just go and hear their music, and it would have a whole... I went to a planetarium. Yeah, it's a planetarium. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. My dad <laughs> saw that, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Years just ago. lay back and watch it. Yeah, I was a kid going to that. That was cool. I don't um, think they do it anymore. Well, um... Take us through. Uh, did you want to play a song? I mean, if you want to, yeah, go for it. Let's, um, let's play one. We'll, we'll at least get you out here and let the people uh, hear what you got. This one's called Drift. This is one I did. Um, this is you solo? To our uh, no, it's, it's full band. It's actually, we recorded it separately during COVID. Oh, okay. Um, I wrote this one a few years ago and, uh, you know, sitting at my house trying to put something together and uh, had all of my guys send the tracks and... Uh, we have we've done it live a few times, but we're trying to bring it back with some members. Uh, What's it called again? Drift. Drift. I'll put that in the description for the episode. <clears throat> Should be on there, but yeah, it's on there. I'm about to play it. All right, but it's a little bit more intense than Pink Floyd. Like it's not, <laughs> it's 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 not what you would think. You know, would come out. It's it's completely different than what. I do with the Pink Floyd thing. It's two different hats. All right. Well, so we, we'll, we'll play this and then yeah. we'll talk about your your other projects and uh, okay. probably dig in a little yeah, bit of your yeah. talk. I'm I'm a guitar player, so yeah, I gotta yeah. I gotta I, I got gotta you, pick man. your brain. I'm on all that. about it, man. I'm all about it. <laughs> all right. Drift. Yeah.
That was good. Yeah, thank you. Hey, man. Thank you. It's totally different than Pink Floyd. Well, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> but that's, that's what, I, what I've written, and I write prog stuff, I guess you could say. Hey. So outside of your, of your Pink Floyd, that's, that's your main moneymaker project? I no, would say. not really. I oh, mean, okay. we, do it, we do it every, you know, six times a year, okay. five, six times a year, but they're big, you know, so we try to spread them out, and, you know, don't want to oversaturate here in town. So what other, I mean, how many projects do you have going on at any, any I mean, time? mainly I, I, I play with the band or I play acoustic, you know, solo gigs everywhere, you know, solo gigs are fun. Um, what's cool about solo gigs is you can just kind of, you can tune it how you want. You can sing it how you want. You can do whatever you know, experimentation of it all. But I also just really enjoy playing with my guys. Uh, they're just really, they're, they're, they'll do whatever. And it's like, everybody's like that, you know, everybody's just down for whatever. So it's, that's, that's good to have a group of guys that are like that, you know, but yeah, that's, that's my main thing is the band and mainly by myself, uh, kind of half and half really, mm-hmm. uh, just depends on the venue and where we are. But yeah, when I play with, with the Tyler Lee band, we just, we we're we're a variety band, so we do everything from Hendrix to Bruno Mars or whatever you know anything that feels feels right at the time. Um, as far as like on the business end of it, is is um, we we talk to different people, some are different levels of whatever this is, mm-hmm. and it's it's like um, some some guys are like. Uh, was his name Bradley Henderson with the band Like Before? Super mm-hmm. young dude. I know he like, comes out to the jam. Yeah, yeah. he's a great guy, and yeah. he's he's laser focused on. It. He, he understands it's a business mm-hmm. and like how this works. And like me, when I was twenty, no, it was no, just not no, yeah, fuck all that. But now looking at it, I'm like, man, I really, uh, you know, I see where there's structure and how it works and all that, and it's mm-hmm. just like how how does that work for you? as far as doing uh, multiple projects? Well, with the Tyler Lee band, uh, you know, I do all the bookings. Um, I do I do mostly all the footwork for all the projects. <laughs> I just, I like to keep my, keep my hands busy. Yeah. I, I can't just sit around and have somebody do it for me. Like, I have to be involved with a lot of things. Um, that being said, I, 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 I would appreciate some help on some things. But yeah, I... Uh, uh, as far as like promotion and everything, uh, I, I do it all my own. Unless... Well, you're probably better off. I mean, I mean, most promoters <laughs> kind of, just... <laughs> we, we just didn't even we say know anything. We just, up, we yeah. said most promoters and then just chuckled. <laughs> That's all you got to say. <laughs> most promoters. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. It, and, and it's all about getting to the masses, which is hard Yeah, because there's, there's so much competition and there's so many other not competition but there's so many other people playing and some so many things happening and it's hard to you have to have something really like mm, to to get there well even with like social media it's mm-hmm. a tool mm-hmm. and you can get your your message out there and have a lot of eyeballs see it but like you said like where the rubber meets the road is like if you're trying to do this on a friday night in oklahoma city there's a million other things going on too so mm-hmm. you got to figure out what that how can I reach out yeah. and get them to for show us? We up. try we try to bring you know something new every time. You know, that's just that's what makes people come out. I think I think that's what makes people come out. It's like, what are they going to do this time, or how are they going to do this song this time, or you know, what kind of show are we going to get this time? We try to bring them something exciting and new every time. 
that's that's just kind of what's what keeps me motivated to for you know keeps people coming out to keep, see us. Keep the thing moving, yeah, man. Got to keep it going. Well, let's talk a little gear talk before we yeah, get out of here. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a nut myself when it comes to guitars and amps and all that, and it's it's kind of my wheelhouse. Okay. Um, I used to have a rig like I was Les Paul Marshall, and that's going to be what I'm doing forever <laughs> because that's, that's my... what Zach Wild does. That's what Slash does. That's, that's what all I need. Do. That's not the case. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I've I've gone back and forth with Fenders, Gibsons, all arounders, amps. The only amp I've ever let go that I truly regret was a Vox AC30. Mm. But I got that big monster behind you there, and if if I ever need oh, yeah. that again, I will be surprised. But I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to get, get rid, rid of it, it either. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. We're kind of hoarders, man. We, it's expensive hoarding. It'll be worth something one day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all laughed at me. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Fender guy. I like. I'm uh, the Tellys or the Strats. Strat. I'm a Strat guy. I you know Gilmore Strat. Steve Ray Vaughan, Strat, yeah. Hendrix, Strat. I just don't, I've, and it's not because I'm trying to be like them or emulate them. I mean, with the Gilmore thing, it's kind of one thing, but you know, I just like the feel of it and I like the body feel. I like the way it plays. I like other guitars. If I could go out and buy a PRS tomorrow, <laughs> I, I would try it out, but you don't have five grand just sitting around. I mean, what is wrong? I mean, I've got, you know, I've, I've got some. <laughs> Even if I had five grand sitting around, I ain't buying a chunk of wood with it. <laughs> shit. Got bills to pay, man. Shit, shit's man. hard. <laughs> I, I, uh, the ones I got give me the tones. If, if I can, I'm, I, I think I'm well enough at dialing things in now that if you give me a couple of amps and a couple of different guitars, I can usually find something that'll work. I've got three guitars that I mainly play. The rest mainly are you know, either practice guitars or just ones I occasionally want to bring out just for special occasion, but three. And that's all I really need. And I'm happy with it because I like the way it, you know, Hey, it's a team. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's kind of, this goes back to the subjectivity of it all is there's people on YouTube that they'll take a Les Paul through a Marshall they'll take a Telecaster through a Fender and they'll take a Strat through a fucking PV or whatever. Yeah. And they'll be like, I can make all these sound the same, and they'll do it. Yeah. I mean, you just set the this amps and everything up. However, but I don't know. There's more to it. That's fine, and and that's kind of ruining the whole thing that I've been. <laughs> that's kind of ruin cut into my profits eventually because I mean, if you, it's a big secret. Once you get old enough and you do this enough and you realize, oh, it's just a matter of tweaking how I tweaking can, it how yeah. I dial it in. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, you know, tone is subjective, though. Like we said earlier, I don't think it will ever be a one unison. Like this no. is a good tone, you know. Well, Eric Johnson's is, <sighs> but he, again, that's another guy. He's gone through. I mean, yeah, but his his Cliffs of Dover tone. Yeah, that's. I don't care who you are. If you, if you say that's not good tone, something's wrong with you. Yep. Oh yeah, a one hundred percent agree. That that dude's a sleeper cell guitarist. Oh, God. You don't know who he is until you until hear you know him. who he is. Until you know who he is, <laughs> then you won't ever forget. <laughs> yeah, once you hear Cliffs of Dover for the first time as a guitar player, or even not as a guitar player, just yeah. listening the way that whew, just that that tone he has, you can't yeah. you can't misplace that. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, to that end, like the Pink Floyd stuff is yeah, is, D- um, David Gomor's tone. A lot of. 
And you would think that it, there's a lot of pedals there, but man, back in the late '60s, early '70s, when he was putting that together, like a fuzz they had some face. limited had like stuff. A fuzz face and a, um, a couple of mostly just a loud ass amp. You <laughs> yeah. Turn that fucker up enough, it'll distort. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but uh, a lot of their stuff was they had a lot of studio stuff too, and multi tracking to a degree that I don't think a lot of people would ever put that kind of effort into knowing what we have we can use today right yeah you know, i'm not gonna sit there for eight hours cutting the yeah. same guitar part you know there's but. less distractions than they could spend a lot of time just focusing on that yeah because there was no social media there was no phones they could just i'm going to do this lock lock the door of the studio yep. we're and they're, they're doing a thing and that's how they did it back in the day now it's now it's more like oh i want david gilmore's tone oh i'm gonna go on boop 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 I right. found it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and it never is quite right. No, no, <laughs> no it never. W- it never is because it's not in his hands. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, he said it himself. I saw him on an interview. It was with the BBC. They were doing a thing, and and he even said that, uh, one of the guys. Somebody wrote in and said, "Hey, how can I get David Gilmore tone?" And he says. Well, let me tell you something about David Gilmore. I could walk into any music store and play the cheapest Squire through the cheapest practice amp, and it'll still sound like David Gilmore. Yeah, it's his hands. It's, it's all. That's it's, all it is. It's all in there. And when when we do the Pink and the Floyd thing, it's it's trying to emulate his hands. Not, I mean, there's his tone. His yes is very important, but what he does, particularly to make it do what it does, it's just it's it's a hard thing to 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 try to. Emulate. Yeah. Well, what are some of the pedals you run through to to get close? I mean, well, what I use, I I use just a, a, a stomp. It's a Pod HD five hundred X. Okay. So what I did was I have a basic tone that I use for the Tyler Lee band, and uh, I just emulated David Gilmore's with a mix of mine. So it, it's it's not exact, but it's pretty dead close. You know, if I if I listen to it, I try to try to make it sound as much as possible. But uh, yeah, I, I use that, and I just go go down the line. If A is the first song, B is the second one. You know, there's banks, so it's got thirty. Or I'm sorry, sixteen banks for channels per bank. So that's how many songs you can have individually. Because Pink Floyd songs, you know, his his sound changed throughout the years, so you can't have one song, right. one tone for all of us. You know, us and them sounds completely different than Comfortably Numb. So oh, yeah. you kind of have to find out. So every song for me, when we do that when we do that project is every song is a different patch because he has so many delays and so many different things that are in each song that you have to think about, you know, you can't have just one. When you try to do it, I don't know how they did it. (laughs) I don't know how he did it with only three pedals, but it's it's pretty cool how how he put it together. Well, and with the new stuff that we have access to, like, um, I was in a band with Chad Carr and, and I was, you know, lugging that big old thing around and <laughs> he's got this, this pedal board that's yay big. And he's like, I, you know, I can put it through an amp or a speaker, but otherwise I just bump it through the house. And yeah. I don't, go. I don't use an amp with the Pink Floyd project. Oh really? Yeah. It's all digital. It's huh? all digital. Yeah. All, none of us do. I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to concede this, man. I've been standing up for analog tube amps for my whole life, and I'm it's, I'm getting defeated now. <laughs> the technologies is getting too good. Well, I, I also when I play with the Tyler Lee band, I use my amp. I like it. I like the I like the feel of the back of my legs when the amp is high. Yeah, there's that's no that's a drug, my friend. That's a drug. Live wire, man. If you, <sighs> you can't kick that, 
<laughs> so it's it is hard. It is hard to uh, to to not have an amp when we do the Pink Floyd thing. But there's so much happening. Yeah, that it, it does not necessary. You know, it, it, with Pink Floyd when they have a you know seventy five foot stage. Yeah, you can bring his amps up there, but when we're tight with an eight-piece band, <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. only have so much room yeah. and so much noise. So we go direct for the sake of the sound person <laughs> and for you know for ourselves and the space that we have to use. You know, but if I had my choice, I would love to have my amp. But I just we do it direct because that's what we that's what we have to do because a lot of places are tight. Well, and yeah, it's it's. The more stuff you, it just gets, it's it's not linear. It's exponential. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you need a whole fucking trailer to move all the shit. <laughs> and it's just like more and more and more and more. Oh God, yeah. We we're like, oh, I think we've got everything. <laughs> <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> what you think about that for a second? Well, um, I think we're about to wrap it up here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to put out there for the people? Um, November fifth well, at Legends in Chickasha. Yep. Um, that's another pink in the Floyd. Is there any anything? Well, I play with my cover band almost every weekend, and we do a variety of everything. So, if you're wanting to just have a good time, we're just we're just party. You know, we have a good time, and we we put on the best show that we can. And then the Pink Floyd thing is just a whole different entity. So, um, I guess you could say I'm wearing two different hats. So, if you want to see two different hats, there you go. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, if for booking or anything like that, if anybody's interested, how they reach out to you? Yeah, What's your primary? Uh, like the social? Yeah, or? you can find me on Google. You can either look up another Pink in the Floyd or Tyler Lee Band on Google, and that'll all you got to do is Google it, and we'll pop up with everything, all our links, everything we need. Okay, you know, everything anybody would need to find. Um, Facebook is where I usually put all of our events that we have coming up. Because that's where I'm most active, but there there is there is some events on Google I have to catch up on because they're a little bit more complicated to make. <laughs> Goddamn Google! I, I know, man. I tell you. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being in, yeah, man. man. I appreciate you coming up me. the road here and, and hollering at us. Yeah, and um, Jonathan, we let the people know if they want to help us how they can go about doing that. Uh, the local earshot podcast we run on the value for value system. That is time, talent, and treasure. Uh, so the first T is time. So when you listen to our show, you are basically giving up your time for us. And uh, so we hopefully that we give back and we give you value. Uh, and um, if you want to listen on the Fountain app, then that kind of helps us out. It gives us a little bit of bits of crypto. So every time that somebody listens to an episode, uh, we can get a little bit of value out of that. Uh, if you are an artist and you want to be on the show, then you can reach out to me at john at thelocalearshot.com um, or Brad on our Instagram page, the local earshot. Uh, and then if you're, if you just work inside the industry and you also want to reach out and be on the show, then just let me know. Um, and yeah. And then, uh, as for treasure, uh, we take donations at the local earshot.com slash donate. Uh, we take cash app, Ventmo, PayPal, crypto, pretty much if it's money, we'll take it. We like money. Uh, yeah. Money everybody's money. like money. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then we're open to sponsorship. So if you are inside the music industry, or if you um, work in like bars industry or entertainment in general, uh, then uh, you know just reach out to us and and we can talk about doing the sponsorship episode. So thank you for listening. All right, guys, take care of each other out there, man. Love your sisters and your brothers. We love y'all. We'll see y'all. Bye bye. Damn, I just my silver. You contributed. I just my silver.